Hi everyone, I'm Eloise Sutton-Kirkby and you're listening to the Contract Recruiter Podcast. This is a show where we speak to recruitment industry experts about how to start and scale a successful contract business. We'll be taking you on a global tour, unwrapping contract recruitment country by country. And today we're starting with Japan, the land of the rising sun, or the land of the rising contractor as one of today's guests calls it. We're joined today by two true experts in the field, Jason DeLuca and Bernie Shima. Jason's been living and working in the Japanese recruitment industry for 25 years. In addition to running his own successful contract recruitment firm, Smart Partners, Jason runs bilingual training programs for recruiters, he's a non-exec, and he advises international recruitment firms on how to enter the Japanese market. As for Bernie, well, he spent 16 years as a recruitment business owner in both the UK and Japan. He co-founded recruitment firm James Harvard and helped to grow that business to 350 people in under six years. In 2007, Bernie sold his business to Hayes and completed his earnout as managing director of Hayes Japan. Post-sale, Bernie pivoted into the wonderful world of tech and today he is CEO at Vincere, a CRM platform for recruiters. Okay, thank you for joining us, Jason and Bernie. Um, Before we start, I'm curious, how did you guys first meet? Oh, well, I was running a recruitment business in Japan. Uh, we had about 115 people. We had a solid perm business. We just sold it to Hayes. So um, part, of our, our, part of our real push was to grow our contract business and really scale that as well. So um, I needed someone to come on and really look at our processes, look at our aftercare, which is super important. And Jason was the man. So he came in and did a fabulous job for us in the, in the, in the three years uh, he was with us. And um, that's how we met. He was actually working with, uh, with another firm in, uh, in, in Tokyo as well at the same time. Um, and, uh, you know, he's doing, yeah, did a really good job. So, Jason, uh, you're the expert here. Oh, um, no pressure. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> so um, I'm going to leave the kind of, I'm going to let you paint this picture of the size of the market. But I've got to say, I was staggered. I never knew that the Japanese market is actually the second largest yes. in the world. Best, best guarded secret, best guarded <laughs> secret on the planet. You know, it's like this, this large secret project that nobody knows about, right? Um, I mean, it's 14% of the entire global recruitment market. Right, 17% of the entire contract recruitment market, and it's 35% bigger than the entire market in the UK. Um, so I'll, I'll oftentimes when customers speak with me for the first time and we start looking at stats and talking about the size and the potential of the market, um, when they do their initial analysis about whether or not to start up here, they just kind of sit back and, and they look at this, and we'll talk about the margins a little bit later, but it, they just realize what kind of a big opportunity it is. And it's just massive. I mean, there's a barrier to entry, uh, it's not easy to get a license to do the work here. There, it, there's a lot of hard work. Uh, we're not saying it's easy, but it's possible. So, I mean, for you, Bernie, why did you make that decision to really focus on the contract recruitment part of your business uh, when you're in well, Japan? Well, we were we were um, uh, initially it was it was to do with the the, the fees, the, the size of the fees. But it really for the contract piece, it was all about the opportunity. Um, you know, very few uh, recruiting firms in Japan did both. Um, there was a couple of firms that did contract only and maybe place a firm every now and again, but there was virtually none that did both of them as, as, as a core competency. So when we went, we found we'd go to customers and we'd say, speak to them and say, hey, we can give you a contract interim role for that. They'd, oh, wow, I didn't know you could offer that. Uh, it, was, it was a real, a real uh, help for us. And we were a build-to-sell business from day one. 
right, in recruitment. We, we set out, my business partners and I set out to build this thing and sell it. So, you know, a contract business um, is a no-brainer. The valuations, um, uh, you know, valuations are based on EBITDA times EBITDA, okay, um, uh, but they tend to be much higher multiples. Um, the more contract and more um, assurity you can give the purchaser around future earnings, which is what a contract book gives you. I mean, Jason, you know, while we're on the subject of money, um, tantalize yeah. me. How much money is there in contract in Japan? What's the Again, typical I, fee? I, yeah, I'm always quite surprised when I hear about the, the rates and stuff in other markets. I mean, it's quite normal uh, for if you have contract uh, people on site. Now, these are people where you manage them on site, you collect the timesheets and handle the deliverables and that sort of thing. You're looking at somewhere between 1500 US uh, on the low end uh, to about 5000 US per month on the high end. And of course, you know, to get those kind of margins, there's a lot of aftercare and a lot of process and a lot of things you have to do to, to look after people to get that. I'm not saying it's easy again, but uh, it's definitely doable. Um, and you're looking at contracts that are generally six months to, to one year in duration. Um, and again, with, with a good aftercare system and, and a bit of hustle, you can get people to, to renew for a few years on site. So it's, it's, a, it's a really stable, uh, profitable business if, if you build it right. So that's us looking at contract as opposed to what we define as temp, perhaps. Is that right? Yes. Or just, yes. just walk us through you know, sure, what sure. The divisions are within the Japanese sure. market. So with, with temp, and they call that haken here uh, in, in Japan and Japanese. Um, haken. Haken, yeah. So that's like a dispatch, right? So that's more of an hourly, you know, one hour equals this much. Uh, the client will then directly manage uh, and instruct that worker on site as opposed to contract where um, the agency is supposed to look after that person's work, their deliverables and give them management. I know that there's a gray area there and there's, there's some different constructions and different type of contract types that you can, uh, you can have there. But let's just keep it simple and just, separate the two and say it that way the margins are much higher on the contract side um, and again that's because there's, there's a difference of risk and some other things that go into that that we can talk about at another time but that's essentially the uh the biggest separation there so i mean bernie you know you had um a uk contract business as well as a japanese contract business so from your perspective you know what's the difference between japan and the rest of the world um uh, number one uh, on a positive side they pay you on time. <laughs> you know, it's I'm, always, I'm like, always surprised why that's a big deal. I know, oh, Jason. You, 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 it's like, I've Singapore been here too long. And, yeah, go to Singapore and you'll, you'll realize the exact polar opposite. I mean, oh my the thing is they get paid on time. You know, you, you basically, you could set your watch by it, like, like, they're, like the Shinkansen bullet trains. <laughs> uh, you get paid and it, you know, things work. The one, but, but it's really strange, though. That there's no access to, to funding options. There's no invoice discounting. There's no factoring. There's no financing firms there, at least focused on recruiting companies. Um, so it was really difficult for me, for example. I mean, I had a $10 million Parisian note that was available to me. That was it. So, um, so you know, I had to, um, I had to you know, save all the money I got into the business to, uh, to ensure I could pay my contractors. So that was one. There's a pro and a con there. And there's an opportunity there, I think, as well, for a conversation later, um, you know, in, in, the, in, the, in the next uh, um, episodes. But I think the other one was margins, right? I think Jason mentioned it. Margins were, were very, very good. It made it worth your while. So, you know, when you got a contractor, um, you got them out, you got them working, you got them happy, hence the reason why I engaged uh, Jason um, many years ago. 
um, then that, that was like a, an annuity. You know, you had all this money coming in. The contract fees in the end covered my salaries. Right. For so, how many you know, how many people are we talking? We had about, about 100, 100, 115 people, I think we had in Japan. Yeah. So you know, and uh, it was it was just yeah, it was fabulous to know that I didn't have to worry about salaries. You know, I could walk in the office every 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 month, and there there's there's my um my mm. pace it's all paid for. So yeah, that was really really good. So I mean, Jason, when you or when your consultancy are kind of advising recruitment firms on how to set up a contract business in Japan, um, maybe they're already in Japan, maybe they're an international firm looking to enter the Japanese market. What key bits of advice do you give them? Sure. Well, I mean, before we go into kind of the three, the three top things that, that I do specifically consult on, the one thing I always say and that I always make it a big, uh, a big issue in the meetings and, and in terms of the mindset don't come to this market thanking 400 contractors, 500 contractors, right? Think of one individual person. And especially here in Japan, that's the way the workers are treated. They're given a lot of respect. That's why there's, I, I'm, I'll, I'll keep repeating aftercare until I have no breath left in me because that's really the main key to success. Um, but aside from that, um, again, compliance and process, first thing, um, before you build the team. Um, because it's the compliance and process, which it, it's, that'll be like the dashboard of the airplane that you're trying to fly, right? You, you need that to be in place first. Uh, the second thing would then be, yeah, you want to hire, uh, you know, good people, a, a senior person, hopefully, and then maybe have some junior people working around them. And then from that, when you got about maybe 30, 35 contractors out, then you can start looking at investing in various types of technology. But I'm really an analog person, um, and, and I think that, that that lends really well to a contract business where, you know, it's a lot of meeting people face to face and taking care of people one on one as a human being and building your business one person at a time, as opposed to thinking, oh, this is such a big market. There's so many fees, you know, that sort of thing, trying to expand too quickly. Just so, I mean, when you say you get your people, you get the right people in, do they have to be Japanese or do they have to speak Japanese? No, no. And some of the best contract recruiters I've ever met didn't speak any Japanese at all. And many of their, of their staff only spoke Japanese, but they okay. had great relationships and they were really good at communicating. And uh, again, you, you meet people face to face. If you can't speak their language, that's fine. Maybe bring an assistant with you or someone to kind of help with if, if there's some issues. Um, but the main thing that the contractors feel from you is that you care. And if they actually know that you really care and that you're looking after them, the language thing can be worked out. You can, you can chat over email or, you know, text over Skype or something like that. It's, it's, it's mm -hmm. not, it's not that, that big of an issue. The biggest billers I've, I've met, um, were all foreigners. Some of them were, were bilingual. But some of the best ones weren't. And their secret was they just took really good care of their contractors. That was it. You know, one I mean, person at a time. I mean, Bernie, you know, you've had first-hand experience in building, you know, say, scaling a successful contract business in Japan. What advice do you have for listeners who are maybe contemplating doing the same? Well, I, I think Jason's advice is very, it's very good because it's like, you know, get, get, get the thing up and running first, right? Don't worry about tech solutions. It's all about getting traction and getting the thing rolling. And if you, you know, if you feel that you can't find the perfect Japanese person and a foreigner is fine, then do that. Um, I do think, however, that if you really want to scale this, you need to have, you know, you need to to slowly build out your Japanese team. 
mm. okay, um, of, of, of Japanese speakers because that's going to be super important to you. But that's that's step number two or three down the line. That's after you've got your processes, after you've got traction, after you put the, the tech solution in place, then, you know, look at your, go back to your people and build them out. I think one of the, a couple of other things is going to be important for you. Um, number one is is it's probably good to have a perm business because then you can leverage the relationships that you've got in that perm business. Um, and uh, that will help certainly help you kickstart your contract team. Um, and I think, I think in Japan, because you don't have the financing options, you know, you're going to have to, you're going to have to look at ways in which to fund those contractors. Um, you know, the, as I keep mentioning it, it's great because you get paid on time. So, you know, you don't have that issue, mm. right. That you do elsewhere. Um, but that said, you don't also have access to the funding options you do in Australia and the UK and US. So you need to need to keep that and bear that in mind. Um, but I think as well, once once you get scaling, then reporting and analytics is going to become critical. Course, and we yeah. can deal with that that, that discussion later on. Yeah. So, I mean, Bernie, when you had your business, what did you focus on? What did were you what were you specialising in? Um, well, we, we initially started out um, in finance technology. Um, it's different to what you call fintech today because it was actually technology and finance companies. I think fintech is, I think Jason corrected me earlier and said fintech is kind of not like seen as technology in, in finance. Oh, and yeah, that's what we more, focus yeah. on. Yeah, so we focus on that, um, and we 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 also did uh, we also branched out into other areas such as uh, such as technology into into um, technology companies, uh, and, and in the end we did a little bit on the accountancy and finance in the interim space as well. So that was our core focus in Japan, um, for us at least. I mean, Jason, what are you seeing from the market? What areas um, are sort of yeah, booming in contract? Yeah, there, there's there's been a there's been a bit of a shift. I mean, especially when it uh, comes from moving from the banks, there's been a pretty big exodus of that. I think a lot of people lost their jobs during the financial crisis, and generally speaking, when the markets are down, they let go of lots of people and stuff. And you're noticing that a lot of the contractors and a lot of these uh, open positions and stuff, it's still. I mean, it's it's moved basically to insurance. Uh, a lot in pharma and med devices and that. So I mean, this has been a trend over the past couple of years. And that's because these, these two industries are, are, you know, it's an aging population, stable, um, and they're all going through these massive digital transformations. And so this, they're just drinking up, you know, tech contractors and stuff, which it's still the industry, the, the, the engine in the industry. I mean, let, let's be honest, there is lots of admin and that sort of thing, but it's always going to be tech. The, the, you're going to get people to, to gravitate more towards that. And then I'd finally, I'd say just all the tech startups. So the FinTech and the payment companies and, and that sort of thing, which, which is all the rage now, but generally speaking, it's just a smaller company. So you're not going to, you're, you're not going to have an agency have 40 contractors at a place like that. It might just be 10. It's going to be the insurance companies and pharma and med device companies where you'll have a group of say, you know, a hundred contractors or something like that. I've got to ask a question, Jason. You know, how has COVID impacted the contract market in Japan? What's it been well, like for you? Yeah, I mean, it didn't impact our business at all. We, got, we were continually getting requests for new contractors. And because of the fact that the contractors were not employees, there was none of that stuff. It just went through procurement. There was no issue with onboarding and that sort of thing. So we were onboarding people on our side, of course, doing the paperwork, getting everybody to start on site. And they just said, nope, we'll get them a login, have them do the stuff. And, and it, it was relatively uh, smooth. Um, uh, the perm side of, of, of our, the request that we get, yeah, there, there was a bit of a drop off with that, but the contracts just 
continued to come. We need someone who can do this. We need someone agile that can do this. We need somebody who can do that. So we were, I hate to say it, just, I mean, we, we just pretty much business as usual. We did have one particular instance with one of our contractors where he was calling up concerned because he wasn't busy every day. And I called the client just to reconfirm what was going on and, and you know, is everything okay? And they said, it's fine. We'll be back in the office probably from June. We'll call him when we need him for stuff. I said, it's, you know, it's the middle of April. They said, it's fine. Because that, that's just a typical Japanese way of doing things. You know, like, look, now it's okay. We'll keep him in a spot for now and we'll just, you know, ride this out together. And that to me is kind of the way that that's my image of this country. And maybe it's different than other markets, but you know, in this country, it's pretty normal. And, and Jason, just a question on that. Did, did, uh, did those companies get money to pay those employees, those, those contractors? I mean, did the contractors get money from the Japanese government? Because no. they certainly did. Well, there you go. I mean, it's, they just simply it's, did that because that, I mean, again, they did it because it's the right thing to do. And you see a lot of these companies just say, I mean, they're like looking for an excuse to keep people on to make sure that, I mean, and that's, again, maybe we could talk about this maybe in another episode or something, but that's one of the things that's endeared me to this country, that there's a dignity of work and, and there's this compassion with people that people often say Japanese people are not emotional. You know, they'll kind of go into that stuff. I completely dis disagree with that. If you look at the way they treat workers, I mean, yeah, there's some issues on site and bullying and stuff that does happen, but I'm on the business side and I talk to people in procurement and HR and stuff and they'll say things like, no, we, we want to make sure that they're happy. We want to make sure that, 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 they're, um, that their needs are being met. Hey, have you checked in on their family and do you guys have enough masks? You know, just stuff like that. Uh, that when I talk about this with foreigners and stuff, they just, they're quite surprised that, that they weren't just all given a cardboard box and sent out the door when there was a, a little shake in the market. So, yeah. yeah I, I mean, think I think that's, that's another thing about that market, isn't it? It's for a foreigner. It's a very easy place to live. Um, so, you know, for, for you know, uh, an expensive contractor, it's, it's quite a good option really um, because, you know, you're two hours away from skiing on a, week, on a weekend, um, uh, you know, when, it, when it's winter and two hours away from the beach in summer when, it, when it's summer. Exactly. And when, it, and when it comes to Tokyo, you don't need a car. If you, if you have a license, you can just rent a car or you can, you know, do, but basically you can take the trains and stuff. So you save a lot of money there. Don't get me started. I have this, <laughs> I, I do this pitch like 30 times a month that I talk to people <laughs> that, I mean, it's safe. Uh, you and your buddies could go out for ramen at 5 a.m., sleep in a parking lot, you'll be totally safe. You get a good salary. It's always paid on time. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're needed, right? So if you, if you're a highly, you know, technically specialized person, you'll have a group of people around you that need your, your advice and your opinion. Cause as we said before, you know, the market here is about 10 years behind uh, other markets and stuff. And so they're willing to, to pay that premium. Um, and it's just, it's just a wonderful place to live. You know, it's certainly a unique market. I mean, yeah. I think on on the next episode, um, you know, so today we covered, I guess, an introduction to sure. the size of the market in Japan. Um, in the next episode, let's really delve into how to set up a contract sure. business in Japan. What's required of you logistically, legally, what licenses you need, how much will it cost you to start that business um, and ultimately sure. scale it? And um, so, Bernie, Jason, thanks so much for today. Sure. Um, and Listeners, please tune in to the next uh, installment. Thanks, Eloise. Thanks, Jason. Thanks, Eloise. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks so much Bye. for joining. Bye.